All right, hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the, the Two Black, Two Nerdy podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Davis. I'm also Chris Butler. All right, and today we have a special guest, uh, one of my friends, Mitch Jokers. He is a Star Wars extraordinaire, and he's here to talk about Rogue One with us a little bit before we get into some of our other topics. So, uh, Mitch, you want to introduce yourself, say anything about how you got into Star Wars or, you know, who you are, how you got into Star Wars, you know, anything you want the audience to know? Yeah, um, you know, like Chris said, I was one of the journeys back in college. Um, been watching Star Wars, like, my entire life. I remember watching it on VHS tapes, like, my grandparents' house. Uh, you know, been in love with it ever since. I wouldn't say that I'm an extraordinaire, but... Pretty close. I, I, I like to get into it, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's all that's all good. So um, we've all seen uh, Rogue One came out in December. It's been a while, so we can go into spoiler territory. And I think Mitch only has so much time. So um, just so first, initial, uh, Chris, I guess you if you want to leave this, what are your initial thoughts on the movie? I loved it. You know, it, um, I don't know where to rank it because... I mean, I can definitely rank it above 1, 2, and 6. But I don't know if I'll rank it above... I can't rank it above 5, because 5 is always number 1. Um, and 4 and 7 are pretty much the same movie. So, I don't know. But I did thoroughly enjoy it. There was a lot of call-outs and fan service to those that have been fans for... Since, you know, the beginning or since, you know, we were alive. So, I I did... There were its issues, but... You know, it was a great Star Wars movie. Yeah, and I would just say, come from the Star Wars noob who's only seen the two newest movies. And why well, I saw one, but yeah. Shame. I know, I know it's a shame. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I did feel like there were a lot of like references there that were like meant for people who had like seen all other movies. And I know certain things, like I know like Leia and Darth Vader and like all that stuff. Like I understood where this movie took place and what they're trying to do. And I enjoyed it as well. It was definitely really different than um, Force Awakens. I mean, everybody died. <laughs> but also, like, I think the tone, it, it, it just felt more like a war movie and not mm-hmm. as much like a chosen one type thing. Mm-hmm. Or so, Misha, what are your what were your initial thoughts on the movie, I guess? Um, well, I'm in agreement with you guys. I really love the movie. Um, I thought it was a great break from, uh, it was still in like the Star Wars universe, but a great break from the, like, like the, the, uh, the, the different like mythologies, I guess, and going more into the, the realities of the world, like, uh, uh, of their galaxy during that time period. Um, I like how, like, you know, instead of being like a like a hero or like a saga, like that, it was also a trashy, like how everyone died. Um, I think to be able to continue to do as many Star Wars movies as they're planning, they're going to have to go and do different directions like this movie did. I agree. Hmm. Yeah, they show you the, the dark side of the rebellion in this one, you know, how, uh, you know, they, they were talking about how you know, some of them have been assassins and saboteurs and things like that. And things that, you know, you don't really think about, you know, what rebellions do is they're not always on the right side of things. They do whatever it takes to take down the Empire, whether that's in this Star Wars universe or real life or any other fictitious universe. It's never, you're never always on 
the right side. It's not a black and white issue. Yeah, I mean, like, this movie, like, I mean, Star Wars, you know, a lot of it's marketed towards, like, children. And I don't know if I would take, like, really, really, like, little kids to go even see this one just for, like, almost how adult, like, they were trying to be because this one was, like, I mean, it's a straight-up war movie. Mm -hmm. And... You know, not every, not even the good guys, they're not necessarily always morally, like, just perfect and righteous, you know? Well, I would argue with, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Revenge of the Sith are all pretty dark movies. Yeah. You know, it's just... Yeah, I would agree. I... Go ahead, Mitch. No, I'm sorry. You can go. And just, you know, with the Ewoks and Six, and then Four was supposed to be a hopeful movie, and One was just too much talking, and Two, we don't want to talk about. But, you know, they, and with the Clone Wars TV shows and Rebels, those are pretty dark. They're not, you know, just your happy-go-lucky cartoons. So, I, I would have to argue that Star Wars itself is pretty dark, so... That's fair. Again, I don't know enough about Star Wars, so that's why Mish is here. So, Mish, do you have any thoughts and opinions? About what Chris said about uh yeah 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 I um I would have to argue with you that it's definitely not uh, geared towards children. I mean, the, the original trilogy was like like bonafide like sci-fi of its time, and uh, maybe the 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 prequels got into it a little bit more as like uh, like being oriented towards children. But um, these now are the the newer movies are gearing more towards like a, like an adult side I think like, like an adult audience yep yeah yeah um, yeah well I definitely I definitely understand what you guys are saying like I said like I need to see all of her movies and okay you watch Star Wars Rebels I don't think Mish watches uh, the cartoons either are they like are they good oh yes okay so they're see. they're like can you go into them just if you're looking for a good show to watch you know what yeah. I mean Clone Wars is all on uh, Netflix and Clone Wars starts off like in the movie the movie that sort of came out was itself it was campy and it was definitely geared towards kids then the show came on and it was a little campy you know it has its campy moments mm-hmm. but it gets into Star Wars lore and it gets dark and it is great and Rebels is also too um, and they've shown the trailer because they brought Maul back and you know he's weaving and doing things throughout the universe and they're showing. They showed in like this mid-season trailer, Maul versus Obi Wan is coming. Okay. Okay. Like, so they're they're definitely trying to. Ju- they're definitely just like, just it's almost like more like fan service, like bringing back things people liked, elements people liked from the movies. Maybe. Well, they brought Maul back in Clone Wars, and that was definitely fan service. But even though there were like comics where Maul came back, but you know they had the story arc with him, and he didn't. They didn't get to finish Clone Wars because Disney bought. Um, Star Wars and you know um, Clone Wars was coming on Cartoon Network yeah so they had gotten through I think like eight episodes of like the 22 episode season and so they didn't get to finish season six so that those episodes are on Netflix like the little sagas they generally do things in like two or three episode story arcs okay okay Okay, another thing I want to ask about talk about, especially with uh, Mitch being here. Um, what you guys? Okay, what do you guys think of CGI bringing dead people back to life? Because um, one of the one of the generals in Tarkin. Rogue Tarkin was completely CGI, and 
Leia was too, and as we know, you know, Carrie Fisher and her mom tragically passed away yeah. last year. So what do you guys think about, like, CGI almost reviving dead actors? Because there's a lot of debate about that within, like, movies. Mitch, you can go first on this one, if you have a strong opinion on it. Uh, Mitch, what do you think about um, CGI bringing back uh, dead actors like we saw with Tarkin and Rogue One? And I mean, Carrie Fisher also, you know, recently passed away. So what? there's a lot of debate about, you know, the morals of using the computer to bring back, you know, to bring back dead actors for movies. Do you have any opinions about that as far as like Star Wars or anything else goes? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of fake and Yeah, Mitch, I, I mean, I'd have to agree, you know, it's just, it's such a hard thing, you know, especially when you're going, when you're dealing with a franchise that's like going back and whatnot, it's like, okay, well, do you recast them? Especially like, with someone like, I mean, Carrie Fisher was obviously alive, you know, for Row One, but like, when you have a character like Princess Leia, you almost like, don't want to recast them with a different actor, but at the same time... But but at the same, so it's almost like, okay, we, do you leave them out? Do you write them off and just say, okay, well, you know, when episode... I think Carrie Fisher filmed episode um, eight. Yeah. She she, she was... They, they wrapped on eight. They were done in July. But for, like, nine, you know, are they just going to say, oh, print, you know, would they, like, kill her off off screen? Or would they just say, oh, Leia's, you know, off somewhere else? They're going to have to kill her. Yeah. So it's, like, it's such a rough, I think, situation. You know what I mean? I think with... The CGI, I think Tarkin, he was sort of necessary because he was, like, the top general, you know, that's why he's Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, so he was sort of integral to the story at, at that part, and they probably wouldn't want to overuse Vader, because if Tarkin wasn't going to be there, Vader was going to be there, and you didn't want him overshadowing everything. Um, but I mean, I think if you could find someone to look like Tarkin, that was fine. The actor they had to do the voice did an excellent job. Um, Carrie Fisher's CGI was, yeah, sort of bad. I, I don't think you needed her in there. I, you know, I watching it. You know, when they when I saw the movie and you first you see her like you see her back, you see her hair. Obviously, I think she honestly could have like talked and they could they could have like not shown her face. Right. And it would I think you could have done it that way. Like some could have went like oh, Princess Leia. You know, we've got the codes. Yeah. And then you know she could have said something. You know, a new hope. You know, time. You know, we have hope. And then. They could have ended it there. Like, I don't think you needed to really show her face. Right. Because, especially, like, with Leia, you know, even that hairstyle is so iconic. People like me, who barely know anything about Star Wars, they're like, okay, that's Princess Leia. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mitch, uh, any other thoughts? Um, well, I can't help but thinking, uh, 
solo movie. solo movie. Yeah. And where they're actually going, and where, where they're actually going to be recasting these characters for an entire movie. And um, yeah, I don't think that's going to turn out well. Like, no offense to the actors whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I forget who plays Han Solo. But I know Donald, Donald Glover is a really great actor, but he's going to be um, Lando Calrissian. Yeah. yeah. Jin Erso might show right, up yeah. in the Han Solo movie. Really? Because the actress has the option for another movie. Oh, um, Felicity Jones. Yeah. She, yeah, Felicity Jones is supposed to be in other Star Wars movies. Well, she only I think she only has the option of one. Or at least one in her contract, so yeah. you know. Yeah, I think I mean I think prequels are a little different because obviously Harrison Ford can't play a younger self. He wouldn't even want to. I, he wouldn't even want to. Harrison Ford like doesn't care. He was but so like, happy um, they killed him in Force Awakens. You know, I I, I think as long like when, when since they're since like the Han Solo movie honestly can like be its own thing. Yeah. You know, it's almost you know it could almost be like a I'm trying to give a good example, but like, like Mitch, you know how like. Uh, you know how like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are like a part of the Marvel universe, but like the stuff they're do- dealing with is like completely separated from like the Avengers and all the superheroes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if they position a Han Solo movie like that, where it's just you know just about the character of Han Solo going on, you know, other adventures that aren't related to like the bulk of what the main Star Wars franchise is about, and it's just like a fun movie, I think. I think they could do it that way. I think if they try to tie themselves too much to like a new hope and stuff like that and like too much foreshadowing and whatnot, I think that might hurt them. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. I, I just I, I just didn't really think that Han Solo was that old in the original trilogy. So I'm how old was Harrison Ford? Was he in his twenties? Was he in his twenties or thirties? I think late twenties, early late twenties. Yeah, he's pretty young. That, that's what I think too. Um, okay. Um, and then I, like that. I think that. Oh, sorry. Uh, 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 with Han Solo, you know, it depends on where they go because I don't know if this is canon anymore because you know Disney uh, threw a, out a lot. But originally, Han Solo started off as an Imperial pilot. And then he saw what they were doing with the slavery on Kashyyyk, and he rescued Chewbacca, and that's when he left. Was that like expanded universe kind well, of stuff? Well, I, I, I don't know, because okay. I don't yeah. know what's considered, like, and that's how he knew, and I can't, I think it was episode five, when he attached himself to the back of the Star Destroyer, and they let out their trash. That's how he knew about it. Okay. Because they always do that before the hyperspace, like, how would Han Solo know that? Yeah. So... All right, well, Mitch, I'm looking at the clock. Uh, do you, Mitch, I'm looking at the clock. Do you have to uh, get ready to go, or? Um, uh, maybe it was time for like one more question. One more question, okay? Because right now we're at 17 minutes. Um, the ending. Oh, with the uh, Vader and stuff. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So Vader, I thought it was pretty badass, Mitch. What did you think about Vader at the end? I know you said you kind of alluded before that it was just almost like fan service. But what did you think about? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, like I said before, I think it was just angering to the sense of nostalgia, but, um, but I like his presence in general, but, you know, the scene was, the scene was pretty badass, and, mm-hmm. like, regardless of that, it was, um, yeah, I saw, like, that's my fault, that the theme of the rest of the whole movie where it shows the darker side, you know, it shows the darker side of the resistance, it shows the 
part of the greater, where, um, you know, instead of being this, um, this stoic figure, he kind of was in the original, uh, in the original trilogy, he's, you know, ruthless and kind of, kind of, uh, bridges the gap between Darth Vader from 4, 5, and 6 and Anakin and 1, 2, and 3. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's kind of it's kind of like showing like him between. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I love that they showed his yeah, castle, yeah. Vader's castle, uh-huh. and, and that. He one said he likes it. He likes how they showed Vader's a uh, castle in the movie. And then that oh, might yeah. be brought back in episode eight because what they were saying was with the design, how it was sort of like a tuning fork. It was a tuning fork of like drawing in dark side from across the universe, and so Kylo Ren might be there in Episode Eight, which is you know how he will get stronger. He, yeah, I saw I saw a pretty good meme. It had like um, it had Kylo Ren like watching the Darth Vader scene from Rogue One, and mm-hmm. he's like a fanboy, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, Sensei!" Like it was it was it was pretty funny, but I, I did enjoy it, and I do agree. Like, is it fan service? Yeah, it is, but. I do, I'm okay with but I also, Mitch, I also, I also understand what you're saying how it's they're trying to bridge like the Vader gap between the other movies and show him, you know, more of him, like how others viewed him as being this like evil dictator. So yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Well, um, Mitch, if you do, you have anything else to say? I can go ahead and uh, sign you off. Um. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I have this one. Uh, friend on Facebook he's pretty religious and he was saying uh, um, and I um, I really found this as like a a valid point in it I I think it makes Rogue One standalone even more um, just different not like standalone is like the best but different Um, you know in like 1, 2, 3 and 4, 5, 6 and 7 you know the, the force is just like this like this like magical power that use while in Rogue One, you know, it's, um, it's something that, like, people believe in, and it's something that people have faith in, it's not something people use. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is, yeah, I can see there is a religious aspect to it, yeah, I agree, I agree. Right, yeah, it ties in the religion aspect a lot more into the Force and with the whole, um, the whole Star Wars universe, I think. Yeah, I mean, even like I, I mean, even uh, well, the, the the Donnie Yen was that was that his name? Yeah, Donnie Yen. I mean, Donnie Yen's like whole character. You know, I think him and the him and his friend. I think like wasn't Donnie Yen supposed to represent like a religious person, and his friend was supposed to represent almost like an atheist? Well, no, was that, it was more like a fallen religious person. Well, like a fallen religious person. Okay, so I think that's I definitely Mitch. I definitely think that was the dynamic they were going for with uh Donnie Yen and his friend, like. With faith and religion and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I uh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, Mitch, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on. Um, you're welcome back anytime for anything. Just let me know. It's been it's been a pleasure. So we will see. Right. You. Sorry. Right, sounds great. Yep. Right, uh, yep. Right. Anytime. Nice talking to you, Mitch. Yep. All right, Mitch. We'll see you later. Yep, have a good day. Alright, alright, so um, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Arrowverse premieres for um, this year. So, you want to start with the best or start with the worst? 
Let's start with the best. Leave the Rams for last because we know they go longer. Mm. So, uh, I thought Legends was fun with uh, George Lucas. Yeah. Since we just talked about Star Wars. Yeah, uh, every time um, they said, uh, you know, when how, well, spoiler alert, uh, Palmer and. Um, yeah, this is, this is spoilers if you aren't caught up with the Arrowverse, so out spoilers before we go any f- uh, further, and I will tell you when the spoilers are. Done for Elver stuff. Nick, Nate, Nick, what's his name? Nate Haywood. Wow, how did I forget that? Anyway, um, how they, you know, were both so affected by, you know, Indiana Jones and Star Wars and all that, and then just how that changed. It also made me think, start thinking about, like, wait, they're doing all this stuff, changing things in time. How is it not affecting anything? I was like, oh, man, my brain hurts. Um, so I, I like how they're keeping it fun. They're keeping it uh, their own. Um, I like to see that Rip's back, even if he's not Rip. And I don't know how I feel about this whole Captain Cold, you know, Rory situation where he's just seeing him and that. Yeah, at first I thought it was like, okay, this is just Mick being Mick, but apparently there's some conspiracy that some of the Time Masters did, and Captain Cold particles are in the universe, and that's why he's seeing them. Then they're not. It's just like, all right, like. We know that Captain Cole's gonna come back and be a part of the Legion. So, like, I feel, I mean, Legends is only, I think, 17 episodes. Like, the season's literally almost half over. Like, either give us Captain Cold or, like, don't. Like, they're, like, messing around with it. But I did, um, I don't know. Like, it was a fun episode. I I liked the fact that Star Wars is what inspired, um, the Atom and Citizen Steel Mm -hmm. to, like, do what they wanted. Because, you know, the moral of, like, hey, you know, films and entertainment inspires people. Mm-hmm. That, like, resonated with me. But there were certain things, like, um, like, Malcolm and Dark are pretty much just, like, buddy villains now. With, like, laser guns. And it's like, didn't Malcolm used to, like, shoot arrows? I know Dark doesn't have his powers. At least this version of him doesn't. But, like... But, like, I'm, like... That was one thing that I was hoping for, that Dark would use, like, his magic, and that's how George Lucas would come up with the Force. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Yeah, that actually would have made sense if he did the magic thing, and that's Mm -hmm. how he got the idea for it. Because then the other thing is, when does he get this totem? Why wouldn't the Reverse Flash just give him the totem? Because it's not like he'd be fast enough to stop him. I have no idea. See, and then Malcolm and uh, Dark are about to start fighting within these next couple of episodes because Reverse Flash is going to pit them against each other. Yeah, well, because Reverse Flash is a dick. I well, mean, no, it's it, it's divide and conquer because yeah. otherwise they would try to team up to fight him, not like they would actually yeah. win. But well, still. that I mean, that's the thing with villain team ups is that villain team ups always always end in failure because there's no honor amongst thieves. Like how and, hero team ups start up, they never work yeah, out at like, the beginning. Hero team up, like, it's almost this weird thing where, like, heroes always fight in the beginning, and then they're friends by the end, when they find out that they have common interest in, you know, being good guys. But villains always start off, like, being best buddies, and then it devolves because, at the end of the day, they're bad people, and they're self-centered. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't know how to work together. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Legends has always been silly and corny. I but I thought I thought it was an inter- I I admit I was entertained with the episode but after I look back I'm like why do they have laser guns like there's so much about legends that just does not make sense yeah but I well did... laser guns are the only way they're gonna hurt Citizen Steel that's true that's true and the Adam yeah if he has a suit and also how they just took Vixen's totem 
Yeah. It took her powers away. It's just like, dude, like, come on. Like, she's got to be better than that. And I feel like, though, if it was me, like, I almost would, like, if I had the necklace, I wouldn't wear it, like, as a necklace. I'd have it, like, I don't know. Like, on your ankle or something. On your something ankle or no something. Actually, like, really looking. Where, no, I understand that it's TV, but, like, if you're wearing, like, if you, like, why would you want to have, like, a magic necklace or something like that with something that just be, like, yoink? Yeah, I don't think she's, as far as I know in the comments I've seen, I don't think she's worn it on every other place but her necklace. I think maybe someone had it the totem itself like as a part of the bracelet because it's not the full necklace well as far as i know in the tv show it could be different it's the little animal head that's in the center of the it's just the animal head yeah that's as, as far as i know that's what the totem is yeah just so literally just you know like use this use it as like the blue beetle scarab beetle just put it on your back i won't see it yeah fine. but uh moving on uh do you watch supergirl right now Oh yeah, I completely oh, forgot about Supergirl. Kevin, <laughs> hey, Kevin, the Kevin Kevin Smith the episode. I forgot about. It. He was direct. He, he he did a really good job with those um, emotional scenes with um, uh, Supergirl's sister. I think like Kevin Smith, he always has the emotional scenes in his episodes. Yeah, because he doesn't like fight scenes because they yeah. bore him. Or even with uh, when when he lashed out at James because like you know when got like when got like hurt because he was out in the field, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know, Supergirl, again, it's it's fine. Kevin Smith got his daughter in there as one of the girls that was uh, kidnapped. Har- did you you know his daughter's name was uh, Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn Smith? Did you know? Yeah, no, his, her real life... Yeah, his real life daughter's name is uh, Harley Quinn Smith. And if you watch the episode, she's credited in the beginning. And she's a, she's a blonde girl that gets kidnapped and Supergirl, Supergirl has to go save in the episode. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's quite Kevin Kevin Smith, I mean, he is like the king of like nerds. Like I don't know if I would name my child after someone from a TV show or a comic or something unless it was like so subtle that no one will pick it up. You know what I mean? I mean Quinn makes sense cuz I I know people named Quinn both girls and guys. Yeah. Harley That's a toss up. Yeah. I don't know. There I think if you did something more like, I don't know, like Kara Zor-El Smith, yeah, like, then you're really like... I think, you know, I, I'd almost, you know, it's off topic, but I would give my kid, like, I would make their middle name the nerdy one. Because then people wouldn't have to know about it if I did something like that. But, like, certain names don't sound, like, normal enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, the Flash. We'll go with the Flash. Yeah, Flash. we can go with the Flash next. On Arrow, uh, I enjoyed the Flash. Um, you know, I'm glad that you know Barry didn't drag out this secret that you know Iris is gonna yeah. die, and how they're going to play out this whole next one is like okay. All these different things are happening. Gorilla City is gonna attack. Yeah, that has me so excited. Yeah, Gorilla City's happening. But I almost rather that be a full season, season thing. a full season thing. Yeah. I, I wonder how they're gonna do Gorilla City without like just blowing their budget. <laughs> but I don't care, blow your budget, blow yeah. your budget on that one episode. I we'll do see. Not care. Well, I, I'm curious to see what'll happen. But yeah, I am proud of the writers for them just telling everyone. Now they didn't tell Joe, which I'm assuming that that's gonna come back later in the season. Joe's probably gonna die. Either Joe's gonna die or be the traitor or something because they're keeping him in the dark. Joe can't be the traitor. He yeah. will literally be betraying three of his children. Yeah. Yeah, well, well as far as the traitor, it's either Caitlyn, Cisco, or Wally. 
Probably, right? Um, oh, and Julian's in, on Team Flash now. So yeah, yeah. So one of you will fall. Uh, so that'll be Caitlyn probably, unless unless it goes where it switches where Cisco becomes the villain. Where Cisco's a villain or something, and Caitlyn's like good because the prop because well, it's such a weird prophecy because we've had we've had Cisco be mad at Barry already and we've we've resolved it. Mm-hmm. We've had Caitlyn go evil and now it's still kind of a thing that she has to worry about, but. Since we've already had, like, you know, the moment where she, like, fights the team and all that, they've got to do something else with Killer Frost, I feel like. Like, some people think that, in that flash forward where Killer Frost and Cisco are fighting, some people think that Cisco's the one that's evil. Like you said, Cisco's the one that's evil, or, and Caitlyn's fighting him. Yeah, or there, there, there are two other possibilities. That Julian successfully separates Killer Frost from Caitlyn, and they become two separate people. Or when he takes the powers away... There's a whole, the universe must be in balance thing, so someone else gets her powers. Or, there, you know, there's another Killer Frost. Yeah. Because, you know, Savitar can give people powers, so. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like, uh, I like Wally being Kid Flash. And I think in the next few episodes, they're going to play up him being, like, cocky. Yeah. Because that was, like, the Wally thing. Like, I think there's, like, a scene where, like, he impresses some cheerleaders or something. Something like that. Because that's, like... I mean, like, Ginger Wally was, like, that's his character of being, like, mm-hmm. you know, he be, being smooth and being overconfident and getting himself into trouble, as opposed to Barry, who was always, like, the nerdier Flash. Mm-hmm. Where did Plunder get his technology? I don't know. That was a question that the I homing, was, Yeah, the homing uh, speedster guns. Yeah, that's the one that, you know, uh, Wells is going to have in the future, like, in, that's the rifle he had, but it's like, where did he get that from? And they no one asked that question. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the heat-seeking ones, and you know, so I'm just like, well, it makes much sense to me that no one would ask that. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, plunder. I mean, Flash has so many throwaway villains. Yeah, but, but it's like, is he from the future? Yeah, they didn't really explain how he got his weapons. Did Cisco built this, and he got stolen again. Yeah, I mean, Plunder being arrested is a part of the prophecy, so maybe they'll maybe he'll come back. Maybe they'll explain that. I don't know, because I'm assuming that the whole Iris dying thing is like last couple episodes of the season. Yeah. So I don't. I well, don't know. I would imagine that it'd be like it. Well, it'd be like exactly like last season where she dies in the penultimate episode, and then the ultimate episode is him. You know. Fighting Savitar and hopefully killing him. Let's get the trial of the Flash going. Yeah, I just yeah. That was one thing that happened in the uh, the Flash forward. Yeah, in, in the, season one. Yeah, that we haven't seen. Well, well, Barry in jail, but then his father was alive and he's not anymore. So I don't know. Well, you have Jay Garrett. Yeah. It could be Jay. Yeah, that's so weird that like his double ganger looks like his dad, but yeah. Um. Yeah. So um. As far as final thoughts in Flash, um. I know next episode is supposed to be fun. With Cisco is going to there's a, there's, oh, no, there's an assassin with Vi powers who just she wants to she wants to take HR back to Earth what nineteen, and apparently she's gonna have a fight with Cisco and they're gonna fight like throughout the multiverse, because there's like there's like one clip of the scene where they're shown fighting in um, Supergirl's uh, office, so that's like a cameo of like what the Earth thirty eight. So I'm hoping that 
they go to some. Uh, hopefully, we see like hints of like other Earths that we maybe could get to. Show me Batman. Yeah. Well, they've already they teased the heck out of him on Supergirl. In this past episode. Not this past episode, but like recently, because. Do you know like 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 Jimmy Olsen's like a vigilante now, mm-hmm. and they're like and like Supergirl's like talking to like her friends about like oh you know she's like yeah my cousin worked with a vigilante he had a lot of emotional issues or something like that it's like dude like the amount of Batman teasing is like yeah the amount of bat the amount of Batman teasing is like crazy I don't I just I don't know. Um. Well, Gotham I I watched a little bit of Gotham they're doing um. They're they're doing some comic book like Joker stuff right now, kind of. For the record, I am shaking my head vigorously. I know. Well, it's just that the villain on Gotham right now. And this is just a quick dude. The villain on Gotham right now is a Joker S, and they did the thing where you know Joker cuts off his face and wears like a mask. Yeah, Jerome. Yeah, yeah Jerome. He's doing that, and people are like super excited about it, and I'm just like, eh. Like the thing about Gotham as a show is that I can watch it and not think of it as a Batman show, but it's so inconsistent. Like they'll have episodes that would be like, "That was a really good episode," and then they'll do things like the Riddler Penguin romance where you're just like, "Like what were they thinking?" But yeah, uh, so moving on from the Flash, I guess. Uh, Let's talk about the disappointment. Arrow. All right, so Arrow's biggest thing. Um, Laurel is Black Siren, who we saw in the Flash. So Which I'm okay with that. Laurel's evil counterpart. Um, she she's she was freed by Prometheus. So I guess Star which Labs makes sense. Which I guess Star Labs still hasn't up their uh, security. And um, mm-hmm. she was freed by Prometheus. Uh, she fights the team, you know that kind of stuff. And the way she gets taken out, <laughs> people were mad because. The way she gets taken out is by getting punched in the face by Felicity. <laughs> mm, all right, oh let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, so kudos to Felicity for you know actually being suspicious uh, of her and not just yeah. Oliver's like, oh dude, I trust her, even though she's the evil, even though she's the evil twin of someone I know. And it's like, dude, like that's literally not the same person. Yeah, and like the the whole thing is that with. With, you know, how do you not know? How does Star Labs not let you know, or do they even know? How do they not know that, you know, Black Siren isn't there anymore? Which also begs the question: How are you taking care of these Ready people him. that are in there? Well, they feed them a big belly burger. Well, yes. that was like an outtake in season one. Yeah, and it'll give. They, I'm surprised they're all still alive and haven't died of heart attack. <laughs> but you know, so there's that. Um, but the other thing is. With Black Siren being there, like you could have used that time to rehabilitate her and have her actually be Black Canary because it's not like she's just totally evil. You you can see that. Yeah, like, you can, you can see. I mean, she's been literally. I mean, she had to work for Zoom and then work for Prometheus. So there there's like an element of like coercion there, especially in this universe since Oliver is alive. Yeah, and I mean, I'd be happy if she killed Felicity, but. Um. Then you have her oh working for God. Prometheus, and I'm like, how are you just gonna get bodied by Prometheus like that? You know, like you didn't even put up a fight. Yeah, yeah. No, when Prometheus like he pushes her on the ground, it's like, why didn't she do the scream? Now, some now she now Prometheus did have his hand on her neck, 
Yeah, but that doesn't stop her. But that shouldn't, yeah. But she should have been able to do something else. Like, if she was going to do anything, like, have him do what Deathstroke did to the Black Canary, like, one of the times they fought. Like, put, like, a gag thing on her face so she can't do it. Yeah, well, I mean, she Black, Black Siren was definitely nerfed compared to the Flash. Because when she was on the Flash, she, she took... She keeping up with the Flash. She, she took down an entire building, like, with her screen. Yeah. She was destroying buildings. And, like, with Arrow, she's literally screaming, like, right up close to, like, Air, Oliver and Felicity. And maybe she can control the frequency yeah. and she's not trying to kill them. But, like, if she really wanted them dead, like, their heads would have just exploded. Yeah, but... Yeah. That's probably not what Prometheus... I don't even get what Prometheus' instructions to her were. Like, fight them and kill them? Like, I just... Like, game their... Like, it didn't really make much sense And her... It, it, was, it was weird. And also, the story she talked about with the legends and whatnot. So that means that Prometheus told her... Prometheus knows about, like... Everything. Well, no, because uh, What's-Her-Face probably knows, even though she wasn't there for that episode. So it doesn't make sense who? to see how she does know. Uh, Evelyn. Artemis. Artemis knows about the legends and all that. Yeah, maybe I don't she see how. Maybe she does know about the legends and all that. But even like I hate to say it though, if I were Prometheus and I like found out about like time travelers and all this stuff, like I would like up my like villain game beyond like just trying to destroy Green Arrow. But there's no way he can. Yeah. That's and I mean true. his whole thing is to de destroy Green Arrow. Yeah. It's just that I don't know. And then this whole thing of next episode there's going to be like, this other person that has the powers like that. And I'm just like, that's so dumb. Yeah, there's, yeah next episode, there's supposed to be another woman who has Sonic Screams, like, Black Canary. And they're supposed to try to recruit her to be the new Black Canary. I don't and then know. I even saw, like, a photo from that one of next week's episodes. And Oliver is in front of her, unmasked, hood down. Well, they've actually, I've, I've seen a couple of videos. In they, the middle they, of the street. They actually show the amount of times, um... Um, they show the amount of people that know about Arrow and uh, Flash's identity mm-hmm. and identities, and for and for both of them to be fair, it's over fifty people. <laughs> like it's like, like the, the, the secret identity. Like, dude, no way, so no way really people like know about Batman that. And um, you know, in the uh, the movies in the eighties and nineties, every woman that he slept with ends up knowing his secret identity. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, as far as them introducing a new Black Mary, I want to know an explanation of how she has his powers, and I want to know what kind of... Particle Accelerator is what it's Particle Accelerator, and, like, what's her character going to be like? Because one one thing that they do, one thing that is true is that in the early seasons of Arrow, a lot of people hated Laurel Mm -hmm. and loved Felicity, because Laurel was just, like, the typical, like, girlfriend, like, love interest type. You know, and then season three happened, and Laurel started fighting, and people started liking Laurel and hating Felicity. It's like no people have not liked both those characters at the same time. I think I liked Felicity, or not? Yeah, I liked Felicity in season one and season two. I liked Laurel at the beginning of season one, and towards the end of season two. And then there was that time in between. Like, I liked her story arc where, you know, she was the drunk and she was recovering and all that. I liked that. Um, you know, they showed her growth. And then they undid all of it when they said that the whole reason why she became an alcoholic was because Oliver and her hooked up for, like, two months and then left. And then he left. Yeah, and I was like, that's fan service to Elicity fans, and I hate that. 
Yeah, I just, I dude, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I had faith after that finale. Cause I still like how Prometheus tricked Oliver and killing Billy. Like I thought that was, I thought the way they did that, I thought that was done well. And, but we will, I don't know where this new Black Canary thing is gonna go. I have no idea where this Prometheus thing is gonna go. There, there are, like, like with Flash, it's easier to almost predict like certain things are gonna do. With Arrow, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're doing with this new Black Canary. I just, I, dude, I just, I got no idea. I'm still gonna watch it, but... I'll watch it, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch the show, obviously. I mean, if I really hate the show, I wouldn't even talk about it on the podcast. But, um, we can go ahead and, um, if you want to, we can move on to the mm-hmm. next topic. Okay, so, next topic is gonna be, um, Marvel and, uh, diversity. Alright, so there's a lot of, um, controversy right now in Marvel Comics because... For a while now, and this isn't a new thing, they've been replacing a lot of their main heroes with more diverse counterparts. So you have Kamala Khan as Marvel, Amadeus Cho as the Hulk, um, Sam Wilson, Captain America, Miles Morales Spider-Man has been around. Miles Morales Spider-Man is probably the first one they did because he wasn't even in the mainline comics. He started mm-hmm. off in the Ultimate Comics. Um, Jane Foster Thor, and the newest one is um, Riri Williams is um, Iron Man. So some people, they feel like, so I've, read, I've read comics where they, people think that Marvel just hates like their entire white audience and like wants to ruin them, you know? And some people think that Marvel's going overboard. And I, and I made a video on my personal YouTube channel about this last week where I pretty much said that I appreciate Marvel like trying to be more diverse, but I do think it's a problem when you start ruining the legacies and getting and getting rid of characters that people have followed. You know, these mm-hmm. most of these characters have been around for you know literally decades, fifty years. 50 so years. And I and I can understand like you're a Tony Stark fan. Tony Stark's in a coma. You like Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner's dead. You like Steve Rogers. Captain America, the freaking Nazi. Like I understand. I understand the complaints where they're like, dude, you're literally just screwing up the legacies of these characters that people like. Just, you know, and people call it, like, fan servicing, like, the... Well, well people say they're, they're pandering to, you know, the SJWs or the feminists or the diversity advocates and whatnot. And what I... And what my opinion was that I think they're going at it the wrong way by... They're doing... They're replacing characters too quickly with newer characters... And they're not, and the stories they're in aren't really done super well. That was my, that was my consensus that Marvel's heart is in the right place, but the way they're doing it is not, is not good. And I can see why it's pissing people off. Well, I'm going to start off with how Mar- well, Civil War Two ended. I thought it was just a cop out. I, it was dumb. Yeah. It, it was, was just Iron dumb. Man being in a coma. Iron Man's in a coma. It was Whatever. That's the biggest part of the fallout. That's that's and it. There were no other repercussions from that. No. So Hulk's dead and Iron Man's in a coma. Yeah, Those I, are the big I things that happened. I had forgotten that Hulk died. Uh, oh, and uh, War Machine's dead. War Machine's dead. Um, my whole thing. Uh, I I would have to agree with you. I you know if diversity is done in the right way, if you tell the right stories, um, that's fine. Uh, Thor Thor has been such a non-factor really in the past like 10 years yeah you know because he's been dead you can mess around with thor well, back I, and well i don't think well this, this sounds mean but i don't think thor is anyone's favorite superhero i mean yeah that's fine i was just yeah. talking about he's yeah. just sort of a role yeah um so you have you know thor jane foster um 
Miles Morales. You still have Peter Parker around. So yeah. you still have that. In Though some people argue that he's not he's not your he's not your dad's Peter Parker right now. Like he's he right now Peter Parker is like Tony Stark ish. Right. He's so. not they're using Miles Morales as your typical but young how, superhero. Yeah, but P- Peter Parker can't be young forever. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, that's been... And that we have the young Peter Parker on the screen. We're getting the literally the third the iteration, iteration of, of a young, young Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. I actually, out of all the newer heroes, I will say I do probably like Miles the most. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I definitely agree. Representation matters. It's just whether you do it right. Yeah. You know, um... You know, with DC, they brought back the original Kid Flash, and you're having this Kid Flash. Uh, they've met up, and they've teamed up, and that's still a little weird. I even like um, the Green Lanterns, how they have two bucks, where they have the two new Green Lanterns. One's, uh, mm-hmm. one's Latina, and one, he's, uh, I don't he's Muslim, right? Yeah. And you have, you have the new Green Lanterns, the diverse Green Lanterns, like with the Justice League on Earth, but if you're a big fan of Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart and all those guys, they, they have, have the, their own comic book. They have their own book fighting Sinestro out in space. Yeah, it's so it's not like, they're like, oh dude, Hal Jordan and um, Guy Gardner and uh, Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner. Well, Kyle Rayner, I think, even has his own Comic book. I think it, yeah he, well he's a white he's a white lantern yeah I don't so know he's what's technically going on with that. white lantern's like the strongest yeah out of all he of them doesn't right? do anything he's like Gohan yeah Gohan yeah he's strongest in the universe still doesn't do crap doesn't do crap yeah um so yeah so I mean I think with this Marvel thing well, well well part of it too is that you know I said this in my video I said that art reflects society to an mm-hmm. extent and then society reflects art you know it's like a circle. And, you know, a lot of these politics, a lot of these politics that in regards to, like, comics and whatnot, I mean, we're in a huge culture war in America as a country right now where it's like, okay, who do we want to be, mm-hmm. you know? And I think with, you know, I, my, my personal thing, feelings on Marvel Comics is they've been really shooting themselves in the foot since Ultimatum. And Civil War, that ultimatum in the you know or, ultimate universe and Civil War, in the original the main, Civil War, uh, one, yeah, because after that, then you know you make Tony Stark basically a villain, but then they're like, oh no, he's not really a villain, but yeah, he is, and so he was doing all these things, and then someone stupid makes Norman Osborn the director of Shield, like who thought that was a good idea? And then you had all these other storylines, and it's all sort of been going downhill. DC's just been over all over the place. They've been up, they've been down, yeah. they've been up, they've been down. Well, I I, I do like what DC's doing with Rebirth, only because, I mean, we've mentioned this before, they're bringing back the things that people liked about a lot of these other superheroes, mm-hmm. besides Batman. Yeah. Because everybody loves Batman. Batman's just pretty much been consistent across all the Yeah, story. yeah, but, like, even even showing love to, like, Superman. I like. I think the new Superman books especially are really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for uh, next month when the... Uh, Robin and Superboy comic comes out. I'm excited for that. Yeah, and even like um when DC Rebirth they just did a Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Uh, what'd you think about that? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, didn't I thought it was okay too. It wasn't. It wasn't amazing, but it also it was a crossover. It didn't have to be like this huge multiversal thing. It was yeah. just. It was smaller, more contained. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, they brought back Maxwell Lord and did some stuff. 
Yeah. So I and there, in there are a few other, in there, and there are a few threads that come out of it, like um, Lobo and Killer Frost are going to be on the Justice League. a different, the Justice League of America, I right. think, is going to be the title. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fun because I mean, I do get sick of like multiverse crossovers, mm-hmm. of like all oh, the universes are collapsing and every superhero ever has to fight. It's like you can do like, you can do this team and that team, you know, mm-hmm. and that can just be a thing. Oh, uh, speaking of different Justice Leagues, Justice League Dark just came out this week. I saw it. I saw it. That uh, was okay. I enjoyed it. Batman fights a giant poop monster. That's the, that's that's my takeaway. I just found Batman's reaction to magic throughout the entire movie hilarious. He did. Mm. It's just he didn't need to be there for a lot of it, but I understand why. Well, you have a lot of unknown characters, and you draw people in with Batman. I understand but also, why. Also, traditionally, you know, he knows Constantine. Yeah, he, he knows does. Dead Man and Zatanna. Well, Batman knows everyone. And Swamp Thing. Yeah, so it was sort of weird that he didn't know all these people. Like he knows, you know, Blood. He knows Etrigan. Like so, I'm like, how is this sort of weird that he didn't know all these people, but. Whatever. Um, so that yeah, we'll go watch that. We'll just, probably talk about it more. Yeah, just time. just Lee Dark. It's uh, it, it, it's fun. It's probably Batman. short. It's probably shorter than some people would like, but um, it's interesting and it, 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 it it'll probably introduce you to some characters you probably haven't thought about ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I, I kind of get. But like I get why Batman was there to be like, hey, look at all these people I know. They're heroes too. Yeah. Look at um, you know. Yeah. So, but as far as uh, just to get back real quick to diversity in Marvel, I just I think we're kind of I think we agree that it has to be done well. You have to tell good stories, and you can't spit on the legacies of the older characters just because like oh they're white. Like you can't. It's what people are complaining about with the DC is doing with their movies. They're fast tracking it. Yeah. Because you've seen with DC, they've been introducing these some of these characters slowly well, over the past. Well like years. people like Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz were around right. way before rebirth. Right. You know. And then you have um I can't remember his name, Duke and Batman. Bat Duke and sort Batman. of like a Robin sort of but Robin S character his yeah. own identity. You're getting more of his backstory, you know, and things like that. And then um And even like even like Cyborg being the Justice League, right. it's good. It's yeah. fine. He's got his own solo book. He's doing his own thing, you know. And some people say that DC isn't diverse enough, but I think DC they're trying to do it right. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have a I'd rather have a company. I'd rather have them take a longer time to introduce more diverse characters than to throw everybody in and be mm-hmm. like, look how not racist we are, guys. See, see, we're Marvel, we're progressive. I think they're also trying to compensate for the fact that they, uh, their uh, CEO like was pro Trump. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the CEO wasn't pro-Trump. Oh, no, he was. He donated money. Of course he did. Um, but, okay, so... Uh, something we have not talked about on this show a lot are games. Okay, you want to go to games? Okay. Yeah, yeah so... Um, I just... I mean, I can just talk about what game I've been playing recently. Mm-hmm. You can you can start. Um, so, I think... I know some games that are on my list to get... Well, would be Skyrim for Xbox One, because I did love Skyrim. Um, there's this 3DS game I've been watching Team Four Star play. Uh, shameless plug, go watch Team Four Star. Um, but they've been playing uh, Dragon Ball Fusions, and it's this game for the 3DS, and it's you know you can pretty much fuse any Dragon Ball character. I yeah, but it it, it comes differently how you know where the the story mo- story mode is like you're these your character and your rival make a wish on the Dragon Balls to have like the ultimate tournament. 
And so, you know, it's really, like, silly and campy, like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super are. But, you know, it's also really cool because they have, like, flying around and things like that, like you have in Xenoverse 2 and stuff, but you don't have to go to a certain mission to be able to fly. Um, and they actually, for 3DS game, for a non, you know, counts console TV game, it's actually, like, pretty impressive, the world they've really built into it. And then you can do a five-way fusion, which is really funny. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And then, I'm looking forward to Injustice Two when that comes out. Uh, have you seen the trailer for this Avengers project? That's like with Square, Square Enix. Enix. Well, I, I have a rant for Square Enix that I'll get to a little bit later. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> but all I'm gonna say is that when it comes to Square Enix. Don't expect it to come out soon. That's all I want to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of like... If they're doing a Marvel project, wait, like... Well, it's you might want to go in a time capsule and wait a decade and maybe well, maybe something will come out. It's supposed to be like this multi-game thing. And you know what Marvel games I really liked back in the day? I liked Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Ultimate Alliance was fun. And then I liked the, the I like Marvel- X-Men equivalent of those, too. Yeah. X-Men Legends, I think they were. I liked both of those. I like Marvel's Capcom. Yeah, Dude. well, yeah, those are always great games. Um, yeah, so Square Enix, at least they're not EA. I Okay, I've got a rant about Square Enix. Okay, so I've, got, I've picked up two Square Enix games over the past month. I got Final Fantasy XV and then Kingdom Hearts 2.8. So with Final Fantasy XV, this is a game that was announced, like, in 2006. It was, like, delayed multiple times. It was started development on the PS3 when the PS3 was new and it finally came out on the PS4 and it it's a fun game was it worth a 10 year wait probably not it's a fun game like the graphics are nice the gameplay is nice you know it has this like kind of road trip feel but the rant I'm going to get into with Square Enix is that I like their IPs I like Final Fantasy now I like Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that but then I, but as a company they have a huge I think just production Problem because they'll announce something and then it'll come out and then it'll come out like ten years later and it's just like it it's just it's annoying because I also got Kingdom Hearts two point eight which is like a compilation of like it it has one side game in it an original like Kingdom Hearts like movie in it and then a um pretty much a demo for Kingdom Hearts three it's like a side it's like a small it's not like it doesn't have the length of like a full game it's like. It's probably the length of, like, two worlds. And it's a demo of, like, what the Kingdom Hearts 3 gameplay is going to be like. And it was fun. But my problem with Square Enix is that their game... Like, they announce something, and then it won't come out for, like, ever. And it's really hard to get, like, hyped and excited for something when it doesn't come out for five years. Five plus years. Like, I just... I just I just don't understand as a company like why they do that. You know what I mean? Because most companies when they when a game's announced, if it's announced, some stuff's announced at E three and it might not come out for you know, at most two years usually. But when most games are announced, it's usually within a year that it comes out. Yeah. You know when we get a not even like an announcement, hey we're making it, but like a trailer. You know mm-hmm. when a trailer comes out, that usually means okay this is coming. Like Injustice two was announced what last September. It's coming out in May or March. Think May. So, like, that's, that's like, understandable. But, like, Square Enix, I just don't... Like, some of the business practices, I just don't understand. Because they make quality games. 
I mean, even Battlefront 2 is coming out this fall. Yeah, but they just take... And that's two years since the first one. But they just take forever, and it's like, dude, how are you going to keep people interested in your property? And this is like, so, and I, I, I was just looking it up. Kingdom Hearts 3, when it ever finally comes out, will be the 11th installment of the Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts franchise. Because they've done so many spinoffs. And I mean, look, I, I, I've played most of the Kingdom Hearts games. Some of the spinoffs, some of them are good, some of them aren't. I don't think I've played a Kingdom Hearts game since Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Um, I yeah. refuse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some of them are good, some of them aren't. Now, what they are doing is that for PS4, they're releasing a compilation of pretty much every Kingdom Hearts game, both 1 and 2, and all the spinoffs, putting them all on one disc for PS4. So, like, I guess it's for someone, if you want to just get into Kingdom Hearts... You can yeah, get it so on I there. Pre-download all of that and not have any space for any other game. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about the new systems is that you have to, you know, download, download stuff. the game and you can only play so many games at so many times. Yeah, well, then it's even you got to get like a external hard drive and all that stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do have one. I so do I have one. So I might just start using that, considering I don't really have like I think stuff for my computer maybe takes up like. 10, 15. Like, it's not a hard drive, you're good. I mean, those things, they're they're fine. But it's yeah. just that, yeah, like, again, I like Kingdom Hearts. They're fun games. Like, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, you know, it has the side game on it was fun. And the demo for Kingdom Hearts 3, like, the gameplay is really fun. And it's the game, it looks beautiful. Like, if Kingdom Hearts 3 looks anything like this demo, I'm like, all right, I'm here. I mean, even just, like, the way, you, like, you're walking through, like, a forest and you see, like, the little blades of grass and whatnot. You're like, all right, they're really trying but it takes this stuff, like, forever to come out. And that's why, what are you guys doing? I'm going to be a practicing attorney before that game comes out. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Trump will probably be impeached by the time it comes out. Oh, good lord. I'm kidding. Um, and we have Grand Moff Tarkin as our president. Yeah, so, um... Uh, as far as anything else I've played, um, I got Xenoverse 2, so I never played the first Xenoverse, so everything about it was, like, new to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, I like the character customization. The gameplay is, like, okay. Some of the computers are, like, broken. Oh, yeah. Some of the computers are broken, and I'm like, really? And they really, they make you work to get all the characters, because I'm still missing, um, I have everyone except for the, uh, Shenrons. I don't... So you've beaten the game? I beat the game, yeah. Okay, so... You've gotten you you've gotten all the way through, and you can't fly in the city yet, which I just think is just dumb. I can fly in the city. No, no, no. Before, like, and then you get to the cooler Frieza. after the freezer stuff, then you can. Fly. Yeah, and then that cooler freezer one is just that level is just broken. Yeah, well, the cooler freezer one now, is just it was just broken. It is broken. Yeah. No, I um the way I beat it was that um like normally I didn't have to use the health items ever, mm -hmm. but I just stockpiled on like extra large health items and won like barely. The other stuff wasn't too bad, and they did they did release an update where like normally your levels were capped at level eighty. Mm -hmm. They released an update so now you can go up to level like eighty five, which sounds like dumb, but it does make I certain fights easier. Cause there's this one mission where you have to fight uh Super Seventeen, mm -hmm. and it's like the show. So you know how everybody got revived in GT. Mm -hmm. You have to fight like. You have to fight um, Nappa and the Ginyus. Yep. You have to fight Frieza and Cell. Then I thought, like, okay, then we're good. Then you have to fight Cooler, Slug, and Turles. Mm -hmm. Then you have to fight regular Android 17 three yeah. different times. I remember that mission. And then you fight Super 17, and then you beat him. But then you have to go to a, another place and fight him again yeah. with GT Goku. And I could win because I was strong enough, but there was a timer. 
And I couldn't ever beat Super 17 in time. And I'm like, oh my god, I hate this mission. And then they released the update, and I got myself to level 83, and I beat Super 17 finally with like 15 seconds left. And you know, my palms are sweaty. <laughs> I'm, gr- week, I'm, I'm graying up, you know, I'm graying up like Obama, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, the the level that gave me the most trouble was the uh, the Super Yamcha level. Yeah. That level was so annoying. At least with that, though, you could technically beat it without beating his final form. Nah, I wasn't about to do that. Yeah. I had too much pride for that. No, I gave up. I was like, no, Super Yamcha, I was just like, yeah. But that, that Super 17, I literally, I'm pretty sure I aged, I'm pretty sure I lost a good five years off my life expectancy from that battle. I mean, there was one uh, that really helped with that one move. It's uh, Death Meteor by Frieza. It's a, technically a strike, and if you put up your strikes and do it, it, it is so OP. Is it? Yeah. I like using, um, I think it's one of Turles' moves. Where he shoots a bunch of like purple energy blasts, but they like lock on. Because mm-hmm. I always had this problem where like I mean I'm not the best player, so like beans a lot of times they would like dodge, but like turtles turtles attack they like follows them mm-hmm. and also hurts them like when they're like you know you do a combo and they're like on the ground I'm just like die. Yeah, Death Meteor. <laughs> I'm shaking my hand right now just in the air. Death Meteor has a pretty like large you know area and it does follow as well. So, okay, like, that's a, it's pretty OP. Um. So Injustice 2 comes out in a few months. Um, I don't know if there are any other big games. Hopefully Battlefront 2 is a lot bigger than Battlefront is just in terms of characters and they're they're going to add a single player mode apparently. So that'll be cool I guess depending because you have so much story to do. You had uh, the Nintendo Switch announcement. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I like Nintendo. Their new system, I'm not getting it at launches because there are no games that I want that are coming out with it. I mean, Zelda's cool, but I'm not... I, I hate to say it, I've never beaten a Zelda game, which I'm almost ashamed to say. Shame. Well, I beat Ocarina. I beat Ocarina, but nothing else. Okay, so you at least beat one. Yeah. So we'll... So yeah, I'm going to wait and see what comes out for it. I really hope they re-release... They need to port... Smash Brothers for Wii U and just put on the Switch so you can have HD Smash Bros in the go because they're porting they're porting Mario Kart over and adding some new stages and characters and stuff and I'm like just do that with Super Smash Bros because Smash Bros for Wii U is probably the best Smash Bros game they ever made but since it came out on Wii U I wouldn't say that nobody played it I love Melee I like I like it I think it's better than Melee like I, Brawl I, Brawl was not balanced I like Brawl yeah. I like Brawl story mode at least. Yeah. Well, well, like a lot of the big tournament people, they hate Brawl because oh, there are yeah. certain characters like Meta Knight that are just broken. Oh, well, yeah. at least with Wii U, they can patch and balance the characters a little bit. But Nintendo's Wi-Fi is still was shaky on the Wii U. That's one thing I'm hoping for the Switch is that their their internet is better because Nintendo their thing they're always weird. Like they always just do their own thing and like online. I mean. They're online. They've just been lagging behind with like an online experience. Cause I mean, Sony and Microsoft have been doing it for what since like what two thousand eight seven. No, Xbox Live. Xbox came Live out came out when I was still in Georgia, so that was like two thousand three. Yeah. So Xbox has been doing it a bit longer than PlayStation has, but even PlayStation.
PlayStation was just so Sony was quick on that. They're like, all right, that, that's your thing. That's yeah, issue. let's do this. Yeah. So and now I, I honestly think Sony is winning, but that's just me. Sony versus Microsoft. Yeah, I think Sony is. Winning. Well, there. I mean, of, the lo- in terms of video games. Yeah, I mean, the launch for the PS4 was just even their marketing was just better than. Because Microsoft, remember, they had that whole, all that drama with the Xbox One with, like, the camera that was always going to stay on, and it was, like, $100 more, and you couldn't share games. Wasn't that the biggest thing with Microsoft is that the Xbox One that people hated, like, you couldn't share games, and people literally freaked out, and then Sony just pretty much, like, hold them. It's like, this is how you share a game on a PS4, and this guy just gives the game to his friend. And then there's the other thing that's coming more and more commonplace among multiplayer shooter games like Call of Duty and Halo that you can't do you can't play with people online on the same system and I hate that what do you mean like you can't split screen multiplayer that's weird online oh, okay. you can't do yeah. that anymore and then like the so last the, Call of Duty game so they, they want everybody to have their own console and their own game and mm-hmm. play in their own house mm-hmm. yeah so the last the last um, Call of Duty game before Infinite Warfare I can't remember what it's called and this is the first Call of Duty game I have not bought since uh, World at War. But the, um, you know, so, like, the our, the TV we use to play video games is, like, 62 inches. And they were having it on, like, like, there was these huge black sidebars now that, you know, you're not playing with the full width of the screen. You're playing, you know, probably losing, like, 10 inches or something like that. So everything looks weird. It's not the resolutions off, and then in Halo Five, you couldn't do uh, multiplayer split screen, so that was just weird because that was the best thing about Halo was multiplayer games. Yeah, I just I I just I don't know. Like I, I sometimes I feel like with video games, it's like a step forward and then a step back because mm-hmm. they'll do something new that's like oh that's cool, and then they'll take something away that was almost like. Why would you take? Why that would away? you take that away? I'm trying to think of a good, a good example of that. Because here's the thing: like if you know, it, you the market that you had for these games originally have grown up, yes, but you're still getting kids and siblings that are getting these games, and now they can't play together. And it's not like most of these parents are going to go out and buy two systems no. and two oh, games. Oh God, no! Like there are some that would. But, you know, the vast majority aren't. So, I'm like, you're losing out on a market. I shared it. I mean, I share everything with my sister. Yeah. I, you know, my brother and I used to play on the same system. Yeah. Until, I mean, literally until you, I, I mean, literally until once somebody moves away. Yeah. That is usually when you might get a second, whatever. But, um, so, we, we're about a little over an hour now. Um, do you want to just quickly talk about what were things we're looking forward to? This year, I mean, it could be geek stuff. It could not be geek stuff. Um, episode political, eight. Who knows? Yeah. Episode eight. Episode eight. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy two would be good. Justice League, Wonder Woman. Just yeah, Wonder Woman, Justice League would be good. I'm I guess I'm looking forward to Spider Man Homecoming. Like it's Spider Man, so I'm gonna. Go I'm see gonna it go see it. Yeah. Like I'm gonna yeah. see it at midnight. I'm interested in Logan. Oh um, yeah, Logan. Logan. Um, I'm. I'm sort of... I like the trailer when the little I'm girl, she's stealing it. stuff out of the convenience store. He's like, not okay. And then Wolverine <laughs> steals a cigarette. He steals the cigars and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be good. Um, Beauty and the Beast, I'll go see that. 
That's that's it movie wise. Um, Defenders. Yeah, Defenders comes out. So we got so we got some new um pictures. Pictures from Defenders. Luke Cage looks humongous next to everybody else. As he should. As he should. Yeah. I mean, I'll see. Look, I mean, people are. Some people are like not too hot about Iron Fist. I mean, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm gonna go watch it. Like I hate this again. Like, yeah, I'll watch it. Hopefully, Defenders is good. Um, Arrowverse is just chugging along. They're doing an, an animated series for Constantine, so they're sort of reviving Constantine a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Black Flash is supposed to show up in another show and not the Flash. So I'm assuming it's gonna be Legends at yeah. some point. So. That'll be cool. I'm trying to think of cool stuff they're doing. Flash Supergirl musical. That'll be... Whatever. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Music Meister. Wait, is it going to be on Supergirl or Flash? Um, I think both. I think it'll be... Uh, I think Mark. mostly the Flash, though. Okay. I think... Because I, I know I know the villain's Music Meister and they casted him. Yeah, the Music Meister is a Flash villain? I yeah. Be, I, yeah, I think he's a Flash villain. Okay. Um, he makes people sing. He also did Pipe Piper. They, they've done Pi Piper. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. just disappeared since he traveled back in time. And they made him a good guy. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. Politically, it's been a week and it already sucks. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want, we don't want to get too political on this podcast. But it's too black, too nerdy. It's too, too black, too political. Yeah, it was too black, too nerdy, but... We're both young millennials. We're not really Trump fans. I Even wasn't a Hillary fan either. I wasn't. No, I don't really like Hillary either. But like this Trump stuff is like, oh my god. The, the only the only silver lining I'm seeing from it is that I am seeing people coming out and trying to stand up for rights. People protesting and donating money and trying to do what they can. I heard Paul Ryan had to unhook his phone because so many people are calling him. Good. Which is, you know, which is good. Which is good. So, like... He's the Vader. Because certain things, like, I don't know. Because even, like, I don't know. Like, I'll look at, like, the news. And half the time, they're just covering people that are just bad people. Like, there are people like Steve Bannon and Jeff Sessions. Which I'm like, these are just... I mean, they are, like, deplorables. Like, they're just people who objectively, like... They're not... They're not good people, like, at all. But then, you know, you'll look at pictures of marches, and you'll see interviews from people, and you'll see people of all different races and colors coming out for all these different injustices and whatnot. I look at that, and I go, like, that's America. Mm. Like, that's what we're supposed to be. Because I was, um, I know somebody was at the women mar- Women's March, and they said that literally everyone, everyone was there. Like, Black Lives Matter, like, immigration people, Muslim people, you know what I mean? I mean, there's one at BTW in an hour. Yeah. Keep getting invited to it. LGBT rights and stuff like that. So I, the biggest thing I'm taking, I guess I'm taking away from this Trump thing is that for people who thought that Trump wasn't going to do all the crazy things he promised. You were wrong. You were wrong and he's going to try. So, yeah. But I also do think that America does have a soul. And right now, I, we're just fighting for it. And that trickles down to... And that even trickles down to stuff like comics and entertainment where people feel like, you know, comic books have gotten too social justice and stuff like that. So, I mean, comics we're... Have always he's been. been. That's literally how Captain America America's get started. Superman fought Hitler, too. They all did. Yeah. They all did. So, I mean, at the end of the even day... the Joker 
when he crossed over with the red the skull, skull was like he draws a line at Nazis. Right. I'm like, what? Yeah. You've always been about. So this. you know, I just yeah, I think the country it's in a culture war, and it trickles down to every. It it trickles down to everything, and you almost like can't escape it. So, the only the only thing I can say is that hey, if you have values and rights and things that you care about, believe in, then you gotta fight. You know, stand up for them. Stand up for them. And others. This is the time, and for others, as well. I had to text all my Muslim friends and be like, "Hey, what's going on? Is your family okay? Yeah, all that kind of stuff." Then I'll hear. Then you'll be like, "Oh no, we're from my family's from Pakistan. We're not on the list." And I'm like, "Oh, today, exactly yet." As I'm saying, we're just waiting until Trump's business interests get out of Pakistan. Then then he's coming for it. So, yeah. So I'm just gonna. Um. So yeah, I think it's good if we just leave the podcast on that note to Mm -hmm. just. If you have values and things that you care about, now's the time. Remember, rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. All right, well, I'm Chris. I'm Chris. And this is us, Too Black, Too Nerdy, uh, signing off. Peace, love, and hair grease.